0: thank you for tuning in to the life of kg podcast we are all about helping you guys in the beauty industry whether you're starting out in this industry or been in the business for years we want to motivate you educate you and support you to grow enjoy the show Hi guys, welcome back to A Life of KG. First of all, I want to apologise about the break in episodes that we've had recently. It's purely because of summer, we've been travelling, it was six weeks holiday, but now Lola started school today, we're back to normal and back on track. We have some very exciting episodes lined up, so yeah, back on track and so they'll be more regular like they was before. So today I had the pleasure of interviewing Ryan Power. Ryan and his wife Holly own a salon down in Bournemouth, a very successful one, it's been running for 10 years now. Ryan and Holly also have like a mentorship program um, for salon owners, which he is going to talk about in more depth on the show today. And he's a marketing guru, so I'm sure you guys are going to get loads of tips for social media use today. So yeah, without further ado, here he is. So, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. So, for those of you that don't know, well, our listeners that don't know who you are, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm Ryan Power, um, and I identify myself as a, uh, a beauty business success coach. I'm also an author, speaker, marketing geek. I'm also a salon owner, and I'm a lover of all things dogs, hummus, and Lego. <laughs> um, I, I like to think that I motivate uh, hair and beauty business owners to, uh, or to believe in themselves, but also to smash their goals, but also believe that truly anything is possible. Because I feel that a lot of people, a lot of the problems out there are in between people's own ears. And it's, uh, I think that a lot can be said for if you get the right mindset, then there's nothing to hold you back.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that you, you've got your fingers in all pies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your words, not mine.
0: <laughs> so obviously you and your wife, Holly, have a salon, which you did mention. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about the salon and how long it's been going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it, we celebrated our 10th anniversary this year. So we've been going for 10 years now. It's very much uh, Holly's baby and brainchild and vision. Um, So she started it. 10 years ago, whilst I actually still owned a, a completely different business, I had a, a totally separate sales and marketing business at that point. Um, and when I then sold that other business, I came over to help uh, Holly with the um, salon and mostly helping her to sort of drive more clients into the business. That's really the only bit that I've really got any involvement with, apart from a few techie bits. Yeah. Everything else is very much her vision. Um, and it started when she opened it 10 years ago with three very small treatment rooms and now there's nine treatment rooms, two lounges, a dozen staff and it's a, it's a fully functioning day spa um, with the focus very much on being pampered. So lots of spa day packages and relaxing massages and that sort of thing.
0: Where is it based?
1: It's based in uh, Bournemouth on the sunny oh. south coast. Nice. One road off the sea. So it's, um, it's not the worst part of the world to live in.
0: No, definitely not. That's lovely. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, so yeah, we we love being here. So um, yeah, so that's, um, and as I say, yeah, it's been going um, going for 10 years and really thriving for the last sort of six or so, I would say, I think. Um, And that's actually helped us in the other things that we do because, you know, we genuinely know how difficult it can be running a business, particularly when you're getting started.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get. I mean, we're te- we've just gone 10 years in April as well. So oh,
1: congratulations.
0: Yeah, thank you. Likewise. But the, like, when you say it's really thriving like the last six years, I'd say, again, mostly about exactly the same. And that's what's been able to then fund all the other business ventures that we now do. Yep. But it takes years and years to be able to get to that position, which people don't realise.
1: Uh, it, uh, no, it's, it's like hearing myself talk. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's, um, where is Holly? <laughs> Holly is, uh, she is just
1: on her way back from uh, a holiday. So she's literally, as we're speaking today, she is literally uh, in transit having come back from Gran Canaria.
0: Oh, lovely. That's so,
1: cool. Uh, we like, we like, well, and again, I know I'm preaching to the converted, but we, we do like to go on holiday quite a lot. <laughs> we find it's definitely one of the, it's definitely one of the main perks. and one of the main drivers for us in business is is being able to to go away and uh yeah coming back's nice but going away as well and, and enjoying some of that so she's uh, she's been away uh with her mum and
0: i've been left at home looking after the dog oh no need to sort that out <laughs> 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 but holidays is definitely a main driver for me as well if if I can get away as much as possible in a year it's great but you 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 need it again it is a perk that you're able to do that and work from anywhere if the business is running on its own yeah. but also to just have a break I say a break because I didn't stop when I was on holiday either but it was it's because I love it like I just want to do it but it's a break because I can just pick up the phone when I want rather than because I have to
1: yeah absolutely um, and, it, and sometimes doing some of those uh, other tasks that you have to do it's just a bit nicer on a sunbed with a cocktail at arm's length
0: yeah I'm not going to complain about that <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of made Holly open up the salon uh, in the first place do you know
1: uh, yeah, very much so. I mean, she, in fact, neither of us have beauty backgrounds at all. Mm-hmm. So previously, as I say I had a, a sales and marketing business, which, which was actually based in the wedding industry. And, um, and Holly did uh, like she did global international property sales. Um, and then she was doing recruitment. So complete change for her. Um, and she wanted to get out of that sort of corporate world and have something that was far more Um, day-to-day helping people which Mm -hmm. is why she um, trained to do semi-permanent makeup and it was off the back of that that she then opened the um, salon which is now something quite different today to what it was when it started basically but that kind of got her the, the foot in the door as it were
0: yeah definitely definitely and then obviously like you said that you help salon owners and things like that what made you want to go down that route of kind of I guess you're like a mentor aren't you in like
1: yeah yeah exactly so we do like um we do like mostly group coaching um -hmm. and I mean the reasons why it's a couple of it's twofold I suppose really firstly I knew when I sold My previous business, I knew that I wanted to do something that was a million miles away from that (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I had a position where I was so ingrained in the business that I had no freedom whatsoever. I had to be there pretty much all of the time and it just got meant that I was just working longer and longer and longer hours. And if I did get a holiday, it wasn't a holiday because unlike the situation you just described, I was on the phone, I had to actually do stuff and they were contacting me, you know, because I was just so embedded in it. So I knew that when I sold that business, I wanted to do something that was that was completely different and it was more business on my terms. Um, so, you know, they say that making mistakes is great as long as you don't make the same ones over and over and over. So I realized I wanted to do something completely different, but I also realized that I knew lots about sales and marketing that lots of other people didn't and we'd already at that point there was an overlap and we'd started to apply some of this in in our salon um we quickly kind of figured that there were probably lots of other people who would benefit from some of that knowledge as well um because we really quickly realized just from speaking to people that I think most beauty business owners and hair business owners as well go into it because they love the industry, they like dealing with people, they like how they make people feel, but not because they necessarily love business per se, or they even know that much about it. And I think for a lot of them, and I'm sure you must get this with a lot of your community, there's like a real reality shock. Um, you know, maybe six months down the line, when the initial, um, you know, the initial start kind of starts to fade, when they realise, oh, actually, there's a bit more to Running a business than maybe I had initially thought.
0: Um, yeah.
1: So we kind of help people with joining up some of those dots, really.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, and I I, I definitely get that as well because so you can be the most amazing beauty therapist, but it doesn't mean you're a great salon owner.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean,
0: and also you could be a great salon owner, but don't mean you're an entrepreneur. So it kind of everything kind of it kind of rolls into one, but it's it's learning, and a lot of people are opening up salons now and it is like, oh my God, there's so much other work to do other than just doing the treatments all day.
1: Definitely. And <laughs> that's I think the yeah, and funniest I
0: think
1: that, part. Yeah. And I think that's a massive shock to a lot of people. And um, you know, and, and also as well, as you say, you could be you could be the greatest lash artist in the world, you could be the greatest hairdresser in the world, greatest therapist in the world, whatever. But unless you can get people into your business, then ultimately you're gonna end up with pretty skinny kids. Because if no one knows you're there, then you've not really got a business.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So,
1: I, you know, I, and I would say, you know, I would actually say that, and this is a bit of a sickener, probably for people who are really, really good at the artistry side of it and less so at business. Well, actually you could be, you know, a terrible, um, you know, at your actual profession, the day job bit of it and have a really, really successful business. I mean, you might not even do, do it yourself. I mean, when I say when, uh, I obviously have got absolutely no beauty background whatsoever until until I started getting involved in in, in our own salon. Um, so you know, I think that it's the the, the skill sets that are required to have a successful business are very very different to the skill set necessarily required to do the sort of day job in inverted commas.
0: Yeah, definitely. What do you kind of find that most salon owners struggle with with the, the with the people that you talk to?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, I would say this probably, I mean, there's, there's quite a few things, but I think the first problem I hear probably more than any is, or the question of how do I get more clients? How do I get more clients into my business? I would say is probably the main question I get asked. And I think this one, probably the second problem is, is a lack of focus. It's like not knowing necessarily the right path to take because- yeah. As you said, you've got so many hats on in business these days and so many people and so much coming at you from different angles that sometimes it's kind of difficult to know which bits to focus on.
0: Yeah, sure. So when, so when their salon owners come to you with them like kind of two issues, what would yeah. you say, what would you suggest or what's the kind of advice that you give briefly? Well,
1: well, I think first in terms of how do I get more clients, then I think in many ways they're asking the wrong question straight off the, off, off, off the bat, because what I think a lot of people do is they have a look in their diary and they see a load of white space for the week ahead. And their kind of immediate, almost knee-jerk reaction is, you know, I need more clients, I need more clients, I need more clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yet often, they don't actually need any more clients. And you know, there's, there's, there's three ways in that you can grow your business from it's the number of clients you have, multiplied by your average transactional value, and then also the frequency with which people come and see you. So whilst people are always thinking, I need more clients, I need more clients, I need more clients, actually, if you focus on the other two, that is increasing your average transactional value with your current clients and getting them to come back and see you a bit more often, then that's actually much, much easier to do. Because then you're focusing or selling to the people who already know you Already like you and already trust you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're always going after new people, then that's much much harder. It's much much more expensive. It's much much more draining, and you're going to get far more um, and you're going to get far more rejections than having more conversations with people who you already service. So what I always think people do should do first is go for that uh, lower hanging fruit, if you like. So look at how you can maximize your existing sales to begin with. Um, and a lot of part of that almost always boils down to people not charging enough in the first place. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure you must come across all of the time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I, don't, I think there's this, there's this issue, I think, straight from day one for a lot of people where when they start out and they sit down and the way they work out how much they're going to charge is, is not really, uh, I don't think, mathematically sound always. It's kind of like, oh, well, I'll have a look at what someone else is charging and then I'll take a bit off. And there's no real link between how much they're going to charge and what the costs of running the business are going to be. And then that then comes back and bites them in the bottom six or 12 months down the line when they realize that actually they need to possibly even double their prices in some cases. So I think that you need to, you need to get that right. And as I say, I think that if they work on how they can charge the right amount, but also, as I say, really look to maximize that treatment value, i.e. through also through other, you know, upsells or other add-ons or other, um, other products and so forth. I think that that is much, much easier than always thinking, right, I need to go and find more people. You know, I, I would always look at finding more people last as opposed to first because as I say, it's gonna be more expensive to do that. Um, in terms of the lack of focus, I think that it's, again, it's difficult because no, there's so many, I think a lot of people suffer from like bright, shiny object syndrome and-
0: <laughs> Sounds and like because,
1: me. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people do and social media is an absolute swine for it, isn't it? Because you're going through your feed and like every third post you see is an ad and because they're so clever, with the algorithms and they know the sort of things that you like and respond to you're getting shown more of that type of stuff so it means that almost everything you see you're thinking oh that looks cool and we just and we and we we get pulled from one you know from pillar to post if you like mentally and i think that is a huge a huge problem um you know and the world obviously is moving so fast i mean and people i think try and do, from a marketing perspective, try and do everything. So they're like, I've got to do Insta, I've got to do Snapchat, Where the latest thing is, TikTok, got to do Facebook ads, got to do Google ads, because I saw one other person doing it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then what happens is they end up really thinly spread and they make a kind of half-cocked attempt to do all of it and end up doing none of it very well at all. And I think you're much better off choosing one channel get really good at that and become your sort of go-to local known expert if you like in that one thing uh, or on that one channel rather and then choose something else you don't need to have like five social media channels it's just going to drive you bonkers and you're never going to make an impact um so i think that that is one of the issues with the focus and in terms of the focus from a larger business perspective I think that, again, people don't realize how much there is going to be to juggle. There's so much to do in running a small business. And I think that uh, more and more you can't and probably shouldn't even attempt to do it all on your own. I think that with modern technologies and modern communication as it is, I think people should look at outsourcing more stuff. Mm-hmm. um book, bookkeeping number one I would say for everybody don't do your own books get someone else to do it and then anything that you hate or you're not very good at get someone else to do it there's that help is so affordable and so cheap now like people who's who like for example slave over making little social media messages that the uh the diagrams they sit on like canva.com for hours crafting something and you think just go on to fiverr.com and pay someone $6 to make 100 of them for you and yeah. you can get on with doing what you're good at. So I think doing less of what you don't enjoy and less of what you're not good at and, and really focusing on, um, on what you are good at will, will A, help your sanity, but also uh, B, help your actual business as well
0: yeah definitely and i'm i'm quite big when it comes to that because i'm like people say well i can't afford this or i can't afford that like people to do other things for them but then when you break it down to the, with them and say well you're spending this much time on it and yeah okay you're not paying anything but that is your that is your time that you're paying instead whereas exactly. how much more money could you be making giving that to someone else and outsourcing it like you say and doing the stuff that you can make money on or love doing like it's it's so it's so much better and actually i'm actually going to break a secret here i've been um doing my bookkeeping and my accounts for 10 years (laughs) (laughs) and it is something that i've just got this control over like i want to see everything and i want to know exactly where the company is but i absolutely hate doing bookkeeping well and i I finally have brought someone on board Oh, good. You have now, you say. Yes. Oh, good. You can still, you
1: can still see all that. You just ask them to send you a monthly report after they've done the spade work.
0: Yeah, I must be her like bugaboo client because I'm. <laughs> okay. But the, the
1: yeah, the other thing that's interesting about what you what you said there um, is, I think that a lot of time, yeah, it's completely the wrong way around because you think, right, if I could pay someone else uh, ten pound to go and do all those images, who? By the way, we will do a much better job of it than you will in the first place. That's one key point here. But also, um, you know, you might be able to earn 50 pounds for that same hour. Exactly. so you're better off doing it that way around, I think. And just trying to spend as much time as you can doing whatever it is that you're uniquely qualified to do. And yeah. Everything else, get rid of it, ideally to someone who's better at it than you are. Um, yeah. and additionally, as a final kind of bonus point. this again is why it 's so important to price yourself right from day one because then you can afford to do that and you don 't have that cash flow problem
0: yeah definitely, and also if you are a salon owner has staff. I very much doubt that they're utilized 100% of the time Completely. or they are amazing, but I'd be quite surprised if all of your team are. Like, no. you might have girls in there that love social media and you might want to delegate it to them or love doing Canva and delegate it to them. Like, you can delegate to other people, which I know salon owners find very hard because we are all a bit control freaks. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: But yeah, definitely like outsourcing and delegating is definitely the way forward.
1: Absolutely. And, and again, as you say, your team will actually probably love love it. It's a bit of extra responsibility for them. I mean, what's the other option? Oh, go and go and, go and clean again or whatever, you know, it yeah. seems to be the go-to for most salon owners for what to do with the staff if there's downtime. Why not do something much more productive? One of the things that one, uh, one of the members of our community uh, does, which I absolutely love, is uh, they give the uh, company phone and thus Insta account to a different member of staff each day. Oh, so, cool. so from the client's perspective, they get like a slightly different, they see the business through a different set of eyes each day, which I think is really cool. And if you've got staff that are keen to get involved with that sort of thing, I think it's good to trust them. And, um, and also actually with in terms of future staffing, it probably also helps the ones who are maybe going to be future management and so forth you know, the ones that are really going to stand out as opposed to those that maybe shy away from some of the responsibilities. So I think it's definitely a worthwhile exercise.
0: Yeah, and I have found that, especially with with my teams as well, they love taking on responsibility. Mm. Like, so they don't want to just like, okay, yeah, they love what they do and they love doing nails or lashes or whatever it is all day, but they do love taking on that extra responsibility. Like, it makes them feel... Um, like worthy and important, and just a little bit different to the normal day-to-day stuff. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Definitely. So, moving on to marketing a bit, because you're a little bit of a marketing guru, aren't you, Ryan?
1: <laughs> I, I like—I prefer I myself more as a geek than a guru, but okay. <laughs> okay, Ryan the geek—that sounds really harsh. <laughs> oh, does it? Is that—is that? I thought—I thought geek was more of a cool term this year. See, I'm just not down with the kids, Katie. That's—that's that's the problem here. I'm starting to show my age, I think.
0: So what would you say is like marketing tips that the industry it's definitely salon owners could maybe use more that they aren't currently doing.
1: Okay. Um, in terms of some, like, because I could, I could rattle on all day about this,
0: obviously <laughs> I'm
1: mindful of your, uh, of your, of your listeners, attention spans for that. So I will, a couple of things. I mean, I think, one of the big, I think one of the big problems, not just with marketing, but with everything in terms of the positioning, is a lot of the times people try and be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's, that's a big problem straight away. I think that people should focus more on specialization as opposed to generalization, because mm-hmm. then I think you'll attract the right clients, you can charge a premium, and you don't necessarily need you know, to always be doing more courses and and learning more treatments. Um, And in terms of the actual marketing of that, I think that one of the big keys again here is people posting on their business social media, just about their business. And I really think people are missing a trick here for a couple of reasons. Firstly, you know, people buy people, right? So let them see you. Let them see behind the curtain. Let them see the face behind the business. You see so many. I mean, you're probably the same. You probably follow a thousand other um, similar businesses, much Mm -hmm. like I do on Insta. And you'll see so many of them. If you you look through their main homepage feed, you can't even find a picture of what they look like. There's not even a picture of the individual. It's just all the same with the nail. A lot of nail pages. It's just thousands of pictures of nails and literally nothing else. Yeah, And whilst I understand it's important to show some of your work, that's boring for your clients. They don't need to see hundreds and hundreds of sets of nails or lashes or whatever it might be all the time. If they wanna see more of your work, they can go and see where you've showcased that in an album or whatever. They don't need to see loads and loads and loads. And I think if we sometimes try and look better from the perspective of our clients, then we would we would do much, much better. So again, for example, I'm sure you love your hairdresser, okay? <laughs> but you probably don't need to see 10 before and afters from her every single day or him, every single day, right? Because that's going to be boring. I'm sure you'd rather see one before and after and then see, you know, a picture of them with their dog or, you know, doing something with their kids or whatever it might be. And I think that, I think that there's a real, uh, people are really missing a trick with that. Um, and I think that they should show more of themselves because people will buy into them much, much more. Yeah. Um, more so than if they're just constantly posting pictures of their of their work, which I'm not saying don't post pictures of your work. I'm just saying don't just only post that. Um, and the funny thing is there's a really good indicator of this because one of one of the things I hear more than any is... Oh Ryan, um I, I put up a picture of my best bit of work and it got three likes and then I put up a picture of my dog and it got thirty eight likes. What you know, why is this? You know? And it's because people don't wanna see just constantly pictures of you your work all the time, all the time, all the time
0: yeah I, just... I, I find that a lot and I actually was testing it over the last month mm-hmm. because if I'm to put anything up about my daughter or me or a story of the past or anything like that it literally goes crazy yeah, and yeah. if I'm to post a picture of lashes or nails which is gorgeous work from my team mm. people like people get likes but nothing like the personal stuff yeah, nothing at all. People, like I said, people buy into people, and Absolutely. people want to know who's doing the services. And you've all, but also, and the other
1: key to this as well, the kind of extra kicker as to why you'd want to do it is you're also then playing partly to the algorithm as well. So yeah. if you're putting up pictures of, um, you know, as you say, and I know people, a lot of people aren't happy with showing maybe pictures of their children, but whatever it might be in your personal life. Um, You're showing more people-y stuff. That's getting loads of likes. Well, your future posts are going to get seen by more people now. If you keep putting up pictures of your work and it's getting no likes, no likes, no likes, no likes, eventually your page is just going to die because they're just going to stop showing your post to anyone.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if you are the type of person that doesn't like um, it being too personal or, like, some people are really anxious about putting, like, selfies up or anything like that, do, like, salon content, like, take pictures of the girls and work or definitely like stuff like that rather so it, okay it's still work related but at least it is other things other than a set of nails or set like yeah
1: absolutely mix, just mix it up a little bit and 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 also remember that when people what i like to think of it is when when someone likes something i see that as like a vote almost people are kind of voting with their thumbs mm-hmm. so if you see something that you put up and it gets lots of likes do more of that because your audience are telling you that they like that. Mm -hmm. So it would seem silly not to do more of that. So go into your insights, go back, look through what posts have done really, really well, do more of those, you know? Um, And also in terms of one last kind of tip, then I would also say uh, video is obviously huge, especially live video. Um, I can't do that yet,
0: I can't do it.
1: what you don't like doing lives
0: no I can't do lives to give me a video to like talk on I'm fine but do it live and you can see everyone jumping on unless I'm with a group of people I can't do it on my own <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I think that you should definitely try because that sounded like an incredibly defeated attitude for someone
0: who's so <laughs> I know I know it's really bad and honest of me
1: <laughs> well, let me give. You, I'll give you a little tip Katie that you could maybe try to get you to just nurture you in a little bit um, the one way that I would, uh, do it first is, is I always try and do a live video with just one point and you're just going to say one thing in the video, because one of the biggest, um, issues I think people have is they either don't know what to say because they've not thought about it in advance. They've just panicked and hit live, <laughs> um, or then, and then they start to babble on a little bit because they're not really sure what they're going to talk about. And I think if you kind of structure it in advance first and say, right, I'm going to talk about one thing, it's going to be, uh, you know, this open night that we're planning for next Thursday. Um, And that's all I'm going to speak about. And the only element of that I'm going to speak about is that we're doing uh, demonstrations or whatever it might be. Okay. And then you make sure you just say that, even if it's only a minute long and you just say that. Um, And you can always swipe to ignore the comments if you really want, if you need to build up to those a little bit. but again, it's um, it's it's worth doing because the algorithms absolutely love it. Um, you know, Facebook are in a war, if you like, with YouTube to be the number one video platform in the world, and therefore, they're gonna show your video to loads more people than if you're just posting a photograph. Um, and also, as well, you know, If a photo takes a thousand, you know, tells a thousand words, how many does a video do? Because you can show so much more with video. And we've all got a smartphone in our pocket, which has got a mega powerful video, really cool camera. Um, And it would be great, I think, for people to utilise some of that um, even more. Um, And also, do you know what? If you go on and you mess up and you make a bit of a fool of yourself, actually, people will like you even more for that because it shows you're just a normal human being like they are.
0: People do just want realness. Exactly!
1: The concept that people want to see you, like, stumble over your words and mess up and then all laugh at you is just a nonsense, really. All right, well that might happen if you're getting seen by a million people or something and there's a few trolls that are a bit jealous of your success. But at a local level, you know, most of the people that see it are going to be your audience. Well, they like you, so they're not going to be laughing at you, you know. Um, and I think a lot of those issues sometimes are in our heads as opposed to maybe what the reality of what happens is after you post it, you know. Um, and, and a good reason why you can see that is often if you've done a load of video, videos and then if you put together like a blooper reel, people like go crazy for that. And it's almost like you kind of saying, yeah, I've messed up occasionally. I'm only a human. It's here they are for your entertainment, you know? And Mm -hmm. if you can laugh at yourself a little bit, then that's going to stop other people laughing at you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Or even things like... um might have seen last night you did see it about my broken nose last night then I put a video on in the day and I obviously had makeup on and I was with Lola and stuff like that and we just it wasn't alive but it was on um the stories Mm -hmm. and then at night time I didn't even think about it and i just done a video and I had no makeup on and the amount of people that commented about not having makeup on and they loved it and it was like again it's just being real like people like to know that you're not always done up or this perfect person all the time. You can just be normal and you do take your makeup off at night and just little things like that. Like it does get people liking your page more.
1: Definitely. I mean, as I say, ultimately people are going to buy you before they buy anything from you. Yeah whatever it is that you're selling, you know, and as you say, if you can do that and then you've probably then given the confidence to someone else to put up a picture of them without makeup on now or something like that, which for them could be like massively empowering. They might never even tell you, but as it is, you know, they're going to be, they're probably going to be subconsciously indebted to you in some way because they're going to be forever grateful that you help give them the power to do that. So I don't think we should underestimate the impact that even small things like that can have on our clients and, and how they feel about us.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like everyone's got to realise at the end of the day, it's not just like people, people say to me all the time, why do you put stuff up that's so personal? Or why did you put this up? But they don't realise that it's a good marketing strategy. Like mm-hmm. it makes us money. Mm-hmm. It turns people to our website. It does mm-hmm. make people look at the odd nail pictures or lash pictures and stuff that you put on because they're so interested about your life and what you're doing. that They look at everything else.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. To our clients, um, anyone with a a business, even a small local business, to our clients, we are minor celebrities. Yeah. And it was funny because someone from our coaching community recently said to me, when I said about that, they went, I got spied in B&Q the other week. And someone in B&Q came up to her and said, you're the woman off the Facebook Lives. (laughs) And it's like, people will, you know, people will see it. And therefore, because you're kind of minor celebrities in the, you know, the lowest sense of the alphabetical scale of celebrities, um, but still to your clients you are, just because you're familiar, because you're being seen a lot, therefore they want to know what you're up to. And if you, the other thing as well is it gives you a constant stream of um, stuff to post, right? Loads. How much material do you want? Well, you're just posting about what you're doing in your life. So you don't really have to think about it too much. You don't have to sit down and map it out to the same extent it's not contrived it's just like this is what i'm getting up to isn't that interesting you know
0: yeah exactly and just just yeah be real with it and got to talk from the heart as well don't think oh, i'm doing a post everything has to be perfect if you speak from the heart right from the heart uh, that's what everyone wants
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's if by, by the way, of little secrets where you meant, you, you mentioned <laughs> one earlier. So I feel like I should share something uh, from my past as well. <laughs> I remember I did one where I was uh, on a train and uh, I've maybe consumed slightly too much Prosecco to be posting on social media at this point. And I posted some gushy posts about, uh, you know, sort of the journey I've been on, just purely because I was sat thinking about it, because I was on my own. And, you know, sometimes when you're sat on your own, you just, your mind kind of wanders. And I was just sat there and I did it anyway. And it got such a huge reaction probably because it had been, as I say, so real from the heart because I hadn't been thinking about it too much. Cause I guess I was kind of subconsciously, my mind was just firing the words out, you know? And I, and yeah. I think sometimes it can, I think people can see through if you're trying to, uh, have everything perfect and everything. So, but also as well, if you're trying to do everything perfectly, you're just going to get nothing done. Um, so it's better, better, uh, better done than perfect. I think definitely.
0: Yeah, definitely. So look, kind of going on from was well, kind of the same kind of subject, but what would you say you would see is as the biggest market mistakes that you see us do?
1: <clears throat> I think one of the big problems I see a lot of the time is people on Facebook, boosting a post um, and then expecting the phone to ring. I think <laughs> is possibly the biggest error on so, on so many levels. Uh, there's so many problems with that. Um, and I think the problems with that, the short version of where the problems in that are, is that first of all, again, much like I said uh, earlier, if people don't know you, that's a, that's a tough sell to people who don't know who you are. So they'll boost this post to, you know, and Facebook makes it so easy for you, obviously, because they just want your money. Um, They'll make it so easy and they'll show it to a thousand people who have never heard of you. Now, let's talk about your stylist again earlier. Now you might, um, you may love your stylist, you may not, but if you've got a, if you're sat on your feed and a uh, post comes through for a hairdresser that you've never heard of before, what are the chances of you saying, oh, yeah, I'm just going to just ditch my existing um, hairdresser that I've had for the last five years, and I'm going to go with this person that I've never heard of before. I mean, it's ridiculous. Of course you're not going to do that. No, at least you might not need your haircut either at that point in time. (laughs) So people put out, and it's the same with nails, same with lashes. You know, Someone might have had their nails done yesterday. So with all the will in the world, however good the offer you're posting is, they are never going to respond to that it's just never going to happen and i think people just forget that their clients aren't going to be viewing it in the same way that they are and if they've never heard of you it's a really tough sell so i think that that is a, a huge mistake i think that you need to realize that you need to be seen by people a few times for them to start to know you and start to like you you know they might the 10th time they see one of your adverts, at that point, they might like your page or they might follow you or they might take a tiny, tiny edge step forward a bit closer to you. They probably won't book you at that point, but they'll do something. And I think it's the, that knee-jerk reaction of, right, I need to find almost a magic bullet that's just going to get me busy this week instantly. And it's like, that doesn't happen. Most of the clients you're seeing this week are as a result of your marketing efforts from maybe eight weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I think that people need to be much more consistent with their marketing. I think that they also want to try, where possible, to have the same messages going out to people across multiple channels. Um, So for example, um, if you are, again, like, like most people have got a whole list of email addresses for their clients and, 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 don't email them or just email them, you know, in completely the wrong way. Um, so again, I think that you should, uh, try and, and more sort of seam it all together really, and, and try and do it on a regular basis because, um, also with that, you often get, I often have people say to me things like I was really busy a month ago and now I'm really quiet. And you think, right, okay, so when you were really busy the month, what marketing did you do? Oh, well, I stopped because I was really busy. Yeah. So, right, well, that's your problem then. You know, you, it needs to be something you do all of the time, not just when you're quiet. And I think okay. that is, a, that is a, a, real, a, a real issue for people, just kind of making that almost mental switch, I suppose. You know, and, and, and as I say, people, people aren't just going to want to jump into bed with you on the first date, you know, when the first time they see your stuff
0: yeah, definitely, and then it's just being consistent, like and especially yeah. if you not post in when you are busy, then when you do post, it's like, oh, they're desperate for clients
1: <laughs> and, they, and you can smell the desperation, can't you sometimes yeah and, it's and not a nice smell no I don't think anyone's attracted <laughs> to that.
0: No, definitely not. (laughs) And then what was the stats? It was something like, I just changed now the social media around. Now with social media around, I think it's like between seven to 14 times you have to be in touch with someone or someone visibly see you for them to be able to trust you to then come to your service. Whereas uh, before it was something between like two and five times.
1: Yeah, exactly. I've I've read yeah, I've read different reports with any numbers from, as you say, seven all the way up to like 20-odd, because we're just flooded, aren't we? I think I read another thing that said we get each day, we see now something like 5,000 different marketing messages every day from wow. you know all the social media that we see. Plus, as soon as you go outside, you know, billboards, buses, literally everything, every little tiny piece of real estate, magazines, it's just everywhere. So we've got to fight through all of that noise to get noticed and get recognized. And when you kind of look at it like that, it's a bit naive to expect therefore someone to pick up the phone and buy your service when they've heard of you once.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know I wouldn't because I wouldn't trust him. Exactly.
1: But this is the thing, Katie, right? A lot of the other people wouldn't, even though, and they're the same people who are complaining that their clients don't, it's like sometimes we, we fail to see it from the client's eyes, I think. Yeah. And I, and I think if we thought about that buying process more, because we, all we need to do is think about our own buying process of how we respond to stuff. And that should give you a few clues as to how your clients might uh, react. Obviously, some people will respond straight away, but the vast majority aren't going to.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. So, going a little bit personal now. Oh what, yeah. <laughs> on your business journey, as you've been in business for a very long time, what would you say has been like your biggest struggle? Um, <clears throat> I think
1: that certainly with our with with, with our coaching business, I think that the, the big problem was when we first when we first started, nobody nobody had heard of us. Mm-hmm. We didn't really know what we were doing in that respect, because we'd never had that type of business. And I think that from a personal perspective, I had a real kind of, am I good enough crisis? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you you make that awful thing of comparing yourself to others, which is never gonna be a good idea. Um, And you think, you know, why aren't people following me? Why aren't people responding? What am I doing wrong? Um, I made, loads and loads of mistakes. But what I realize now, with the benefit of hindsight and wisdom, um, is that that I guess was all part of the journey and that was all kind of part of the process. I mean, I was very lucky because, a bit like you touched on earlier, I was able to go and try these other things because we always had the spa income that was, that was always gonna be enough to support us financially. Mm-hmm. So it meant that we could try other things and we could make mistakes. And I made lots of them. And I nearly threw the towel in on multiple occasions um, and just said, you know, to hell with it. We're, we're not doing this anymore. Um, and I'm just so pleased that not only that we didn't do that, but I'm also really, really pleased that thankfully I've got a very, very supportive wife who, who believed in me and believed kind of in the vision of what we were trying to build for our for our future and was was happy to support the ideas i guess it was and it, it's funny because again it touched on on the time scales we looked at earlier but it's only really been in the last 12 months really that we've made a real success of it financially even though we were already helping loads of people during that time and i guess it's the sort of it's almost like the classic five year overnight success where It does take time and you do have to make a lot of mistakes, some of them really expensive financial mistakes, to learn the lessons. Um, And I guess the biggest thing I've learned out of that is that, you know, I guess you shouldn't give up. And I know that sounds so cliche because you never really know how close you're going to be to success. But by the same token, you've got to try some different things. If you try something and it doesn't work, you then need to try something different. And you need to make a slight adjustment on, on, on what that might be and to see why that hasn't worked. And if you just keep trying the same idea over and over and over in the same way, then obviously you're going to drive yourself bonkers. But if you, if you change it up a little bit, then I think that will, that will definitely help. So I think that was one of our biggest struggles. I mean, because the other thing as well, which you can probably appreciate or uh, understand, is that um, I'm a man and uh, straight away that means people are less likely to click on my adverts because there's a picture of a man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and obviously we deal predominantly in a female industry and now it's less of a problem because i guess there's a certain amount of social proof and people can see the results that we're getting for others and they can see that our page has loads of likes and all those sorts of things but obviously in the early days none of that existed so i think that made it hard to get that initial uh get that message across because i think some people were maybe uh a bit pessimistic in terms of how i might be able to help them or if i really understood what they were going through and so forth you know yeah. um, so so it's definitely been it's definitely been a journey there's definitely been some some dark times through the way and i think that's true of of anyone that you that you speak to you know i mean definitely there were some very dark times when i thought as I say, that I felt I wasn't good enough, that I was going to throw it in, that, you know, what was the point of all of this? And then every now and then, as I'm sure you do, you get one of those emails from someone, it might have be someone you've never even heard of before. And they like, oh, I read this or saw this or you did this and you don't know about it. And it's really helped me because of X, Y and Z. And then you think, oh, no, actually, I'm really making an impact and a difference in people's lives here. Um, I should keep doing it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think it matters how successful you are, how long you've been going in business. I think you always have them times where you think, oh, I just can't do this anymore or I'm exhausted or I don't want to keep pushing business anymore. You just you do get tired. I mean, business mm. is hard work yes. um, and it is. It's just it's just so hard. Um, but there is so many rewards. And like when you do get the messages of them, people it does, just give you a boost again.
1: Hundred percent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, what has been your proudest moment of business so far?
1: Well, apart from being asked to speak at World Lash University twenty twenty, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> then, then I'd have to say that it is um, it's probably our our paid membership program that we have, which is our Gold Club. Um, mm-hmm. So we do like a monthly mentorship program, and when we launched it twelve months ago. Didn't really know if it was going to work, um, but I decided I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> and it's very much my baby and, um, and I'm just so pleased with the way it's gone. We're able to help and serve just so many people because as opposed to, you see a lot of, most coaches and mentors you know, work on a one-to-one basis, yeah. um, but we work more one-to-many, don't really do uh, hardly any one-to-one work. Um, I'd rather do one-to-many stuff. So we're able to serve more people at a more meaningful level. Um, and I'm and I'm just so proud of what we've built because I can just see within the community the results and the impact that it's had on people's lives. And partly because um, I think that business, is, it can be so lonely. It can be such a lonely place being in business. And there are so many people who... And I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this now who are going to relate to this, that are in business and either they've got no one that they can turn to or maybe their friends don't really get it or don't really understand. Or maybe even, and I think this is more common than some people would admit to, even their partners don't fully um, support what they're doing. Maybe Mm -hmm. they don't think it's a real business or why are you bringing that home with you? Why have you still got to be on social media when you're at home? you know, can't you leave that in the salon type thing? And our community has managed to give a level of support to a lot of people who I think feel like that. Not everyone feels like that, but I think a lot of people do, um, at a kind of a level that I never appreciated would happen. That wasn't why I set it up, that wasn't the main reason why I thought people would want to join, but the sense of community I've since learned is one of the major reasons why people do that. And to be able to have that level of impact on so many people's lives, um, I'm, I'm really proud of.
0: That's so cool. So I think a lot of my listeners are going to actually be really interested in your membership. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it and how it exactly works?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's called, our, uh, it's, it's called the Salonology uh, Gold Club. Um, so basically we have it 's a monthly subscription, um, and within that we uh, have a coaching community, so I said it 's all one to many so we 've got just over 200 members and oh. they get access to like daily videos. if they don 't like the sound of my voice or my face it 's not going to be for them. <laughs> <laughs> would, be, would be one caveat because they get like a daily video every morning from me. We do weekly live videos where they can get all of their questions answered um, sometimes that's with me sometimes it's with holly um, and then we also have other experts in the group that we've brought in because you know I'm, i don't profess to be the expert on everything i mean i'm pretty good at marketing and i'm pretty good at sales but you know i'm not I, you don't want me doing your books for you and you don't want me doing your graphic design um, you know so we've got other experts that we've brought into our community to help with some of the other parts of business Mm-hmm. We also, uh, we also do meetups in person as well. Uh, because like social events that we, that we run, they're just exclusive for our community um, members. Plus we've got, um, uh, a vault of about 15 different video training courses that they can sit down and go through at their leisure, which basically cover all aspects of marketing. So how they can use YouTube, how they can use Facebook better, how they should work out their pricing, all sorts of things um, like that. Um, and yeah, and as I say, we're, we're, we're really proud of, of what we've achieved with it. Um, and um, yeah, if, if anyone wants to know more information, then um, they can just contact me and I'd be delighted to provide it to them.
0: That's so cool. So where can people find you?
1: Yeah, well, they can find me on Facebook if they search Ryan Power. I think I'm the first one that comes up, um, <laughs> but they can also find us. We've got a free community. So, if you put Salonology, so that's Salon, and then O L O G Y into Facebook, you'll find our Facebook page, but also our group. We've got a free group called Salonology Superstars. In fact, you're a member, I believe. Yeah, I am. Um, so, people can come and join that. There is a caveat they do have to be a business owner, it's not for, um, it, it, it's not for like students or anything like that. It is just for business owners. Um, and they can also find me on Instagram. My handle is it's I T S ryan power
0: perfect oh ryan it's been so lovely to talk to you thank you for having me i've really appreciated it i really enjoyed it you're more than welcome and i'm sure our listeners uh, will all start following you and even joining on board on the membership i'm gonna do that excellent <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so thanks so much
1: oh no pleasure thank you
0: we would love to hear what you thought about this episode.
1: I love the show, guys. You're awesome.
0: Please leave a review and share on social media tagging at KG Salon, so we can share. I always follow them. I always follow on. Until next time, have an amazing, successful week.